1: 98 is the nothing personal word of the day for monday november 7th 2022 98 days until spring training pitchers and catchers report i'm calling it february 14th valentine's day you've got 98 shopping days i guess if you shop sunday which you can on the inter 98 days the major league baseball season came to an end on saturday night with the houston astros winning the world series in six games as imagined and predicted by me i can't say that any other predictions went very well for this season but i did have that one nailed astros and six and i predicted that right in the seventh inning of game six so that is a winner astros and six so every time a baseball season ends i laugh to myself about the times we've had and the subjects that we've covered on this show since pitchers and catchers reported, and then the position players come, and then the first spring training game, and then opening day, to the All-Star break, to playoffs. And I think about all the things that have happened and that next year is so soon. And I know you know this, so just remember, next season doesn't mean next year. Don't say next year. It's only 98 days. You know how when someone's elected president, You talk about the first 100 days, and that's what they're trying to accomplish right in the beginning of their presidency or when you take over a company or get a new job. You're supposed to outline your first 100 days on the job, what you're trying to do, how you're gonna do it, who you're gonna meet. I had a 100-day plan when I moved to Florida for Montreal, and I still carried around all the people and business leaders I was supposed to meet and get to know who were gonna help us get a stadium one day 10 years later. So it's fewer days than that until next season starts, but I'm not willing to put a bow on this season until the end of this segment. This is the final segment of the 2022 season. Don't you fast forward. Some interesting stuff happened. I'm going to end at the end. Sometimes they say when you're doing a recap, you should end at the beginning and start at the end. I'm gonna start at the beginning and end at the end, which is the Astros winning game six on Saturday night. The beginning of our story is way back in February and March when there was a lockout. Do you remember when the season was gonna get canceled by Rob Manfred who was hitting golf clubs in Jupiter where the Marlins spring train using my old office? Will the players ever play? All of the rancor that existed between players and owners and whose fault is it what's gonna happen and then boom there was a collective bargain agreement and then whoosh spring training started all of a sudden and then bam there were games and they had a push Remember when rob manford canceled a week of games oh my god it's the end of the world as we know it all right we'll just extend the season by a week we'll be fine Players have to be paid 162 games. No problem, we'll play 162 games. Wait, the owners won't pay the players for playing 154 games? They won't pay them 162 games worth of salary? Nope. So we started the slog of 162. Season started off like a bat out of Hades for the New York teams. Mets and Yankees were on fire. This is before we thought the judge was going to hit 62 home runs. This is when the Yankees were going to win 162 games. Best team in baseball. It was a love affair with the New York teams. The Los Angeles Angels were playing well. The Dodgers were winning. All of that was happening in the beginning of the season, and everyone was writing articles. This is the renaissance of the coasts. That was a good one like in football when there's a 3-0 team. Oh, they're going to be the Dolphins from 72. They're going to go undefeated. So the season gets underway and storylines develop. Managers get fired. The Philadelphia Phillies fire Joe Girardi. Joe Madden gets fired by the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. Amazing how long a baseball season is and then how fast it goes. Albert Pujols steamrolls towards 700 home runs. Steamrolls? Come on. (laughs) He was terrible. Do you remember when Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols were added to the All-Star Game in July? Does that seem like a long time ago? August, September, October. Wait a minute. That's three and a half months ago. It's nothing. They were added to the All-Star Game because Rob Manford said, You know what? I have an idea let me have the power to name legacy players to an all-star game and everyone was so excited because neither pujols nor cabrera deserved to be an all-star and then after the all-star break oh my god albert pujols was hitting home runs as though he were a young child again so he's barreling towards 700 all of a sudden the yankees can't win a game in one of the summer months fire boone get rid of cashman the mets are running away with their division Steve Cohn was so happy because his team went over his own tax but they were winning and then they were trumpeting Edwin Diaz and everything was great in Citi Field even the chop shops were doing the anti-chop so they could bury the Braves all around Citi Field and then wouldn't you know it the Mets stopped winning the Yankees stopped winning the Yankees held on to win their division didn't win a hundred games Who can even remember what the Yankees did in the regular season? Everyone's still focused on the fact that the Yankees got swept by the Astros in the LCS. Yankees, 99. Who did the Mets lose to in the postseason? Quick. Who did they lose to? Do you remember? Yes, they did. The San Diego Padres. Oh, yeah, the same Padres who lost to the Phillies to win the pennant. The Mets didn't even make the LCS. Aaron Judge, 62 home runs, every at bat they cut into. Do you remember that moment a month ago? They cut into every show into a college football game to show Aaron Judge's at bats, and he just got to 62 and ended it at 62. Roger Maris Jr. was happy. Now someone's the new home run champion. It's not Bonds, it's not McGuire, it's not Sosa. Those needle-pricking steroid guys. A lot of storylines. And then the postseason starts, and that's its own play. We get to the World Series of Phillies-Astros. All I did was picture Joe Girardi the entire playoff run. Despondent. That was going to be me. Am I getting a pennant ring? I'll give it to my child. So the Phillies make it to the World Series and I said on CBS Sports HQ it was gonna be Astros and six. Why? The Astros are a better team. I got the most trouble on social media all year. The most controversial thing that I did this year on social media, this year, was me telling you that the Yankees pitching stinks and the Yankees aren't as good as the Astros and you would think that I had told you the world is flat and you shouldn't get vaccinated. Meanwhile, I had reason to say it. The Astros dispatched to the Yankees like they were a little, a little league team. So we get to the World Series. And what's interesting about a World Series is that you'd think by making it to the finals, because that's the finals, it's like making it to the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup. Very successful. And we call it in baseball, winning a pennant. We call it in basketball, winning a conference. But there's some sort of cachet, right? The Giants win the pennant. You've heard that, the shot heard round the world. I never really understood why winning the pennant was a big deal until I won the pennant and then realized it's a very big deal. However, what I was quickly taught by the erstwhile oldest manager to win a World Series, trader Jack McKeon, who won the World Series in 2003 at 72. He is now in his 90s. If you can do the math, you should do the math. His record just got broken by Dusty Baker. I think Jack McKean is going to treat it better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is going to treat losing the scoring record in the NBA, the all-time scoring record to LeBron, which is going to happen this year. And Kareem has not been exactly excited about not being the all-time scoring champ anymore. Jack didn't want to lose the record, but when he saw the Astros and saw Dusty Baker was managing the Astros, he said, Sparky, God damn it, Sparky, Baker's going to win the World Series. Let him win it last year. He wanted him to beat the Braves so badly last year because then Jack would still, in theory, hold the record or they'd be tied for the record. And Jack wasn't being petty. It's cool to be in the record book. Do you know who says the expression records are meant to be broken? The people who break the records. There's nobody who has a record who says, yeah, my record was meant to be broken. Now, PR says you're supposed to say that. You're supposed to be a gracious loser. I just want to say that, like what... uh, The Phillies said the other day this weekend, you know, that's a very good team there and we're so happy for Dusty and you know, we're ready to come back next year. We're gonna use this experience to make us better. Those are all platitudes that are said by losers. And believe me, we're all losers. Every team who doesn't win the World Series, you're a loser, period. Someone asked me when I got voted off first on Survivor in season 28, Are you embarrassed to be the first boot? Were you embarrassed to be the first one off? And I asked in response, and this was Jeff Probst who asked during the reunion, my answer was, what exactly is the difference between being the first one off and finishing in second place? And his answer to me off screen was, well, you have a chance to win if you finish in second place, if you're in the final round, the final tribal. But if you're voted out first, you don't get a chance to win. I said, that is a really interesting way to put it. Conversely, I would argue, those people had to spend 38 extra days, or it was 35 days, I was there for three, so 36 extra days, tired, hungry, anxious. The Philadelphia Phillies had to play ball for an extra month, wear and tear on their pitchers. Of course, it's great they had a chance. That puts them in a better position than the other teams who didn't win the pennant. But guess what? They lost. Meanwhile, if you don't think it's a big deal to win something, A, why are you playing? B, why does it take winning to put someone, why do we count it? How can we count grand slams by tennis players? How many grand slams did Tiger Woods win? The the golfer, if you've never heard of him. We don't ask, how many final pairings was Tiger Woods in, in the grand slams? How many finals has Roger Federer lost? I don't know. I think the Buffalo Bills are amazing in the 90s. They lost four Super Bowls in a row. As someone who ran a team, that's cool. They made it to the finals four times, but they couldn't push one across. Guess what? Pat Summerall, baby. Nothing doing. That's the number of Super Bowl rings they have. Nothing doing for Jim Kelly and his band of unbelievable offensive players. Great defense. Great teams. Favored. I actually don't know this, so don't take it to the bank i would imagine the bills in that stretch of losing four in a row were favored more than they were not i know they were favored against the giants i think they lost to the redskins as well i don't know if they would have been favored but i assume so they were the best team losing stinks don't pay attention anytime losers are interviewed they're all very gracious don't pay attention dusty baker was interviewed after the win and talked about what it meant to him. Everybody universally was happy for Dusty Baker. Everyone was happy for the World Series MVP. Quick, for a dollar. Coca, how fast can you tell me without looking who won the World Series MVP last year? Don't look. Ready? I can't hear you. Who won it last year? Do you have it right now? You're looking. Don't sh- I can't see you, but you're looking. You don't remember. There you go. George Soler. Remember him, the guy who signed with the Marlins, got totally overpaid and stinks? To be a World Series MVP, guess what happens? You just have to get hot for that series. Jeremy Pena is the rookie shortstop. He won the World Series MVP, but he was hot for more than a series. He also won the League Championship Series MVP. That means he was hot for two series. Wait a minute, he won a gold glove this year. That means he played well defensively all year. Someone asked me this weekend, actually, Coca. Uh, we had four nothing personal sightings today on Marathon Sunday, which I thought was interesting. I, w- I took one walk for a gander, so I appreciate the audience that, that is listening to this and watching this on YouTube and everywhere else. We'll keep going. Thank you for talking to me, and I'm always happy to talk back, as you know. Had a nice conversation with one of the people, wanting to know what I was going to say about the Astros on Monday's show. Well, here it is. The Astros are a dynasty. Jeremy Peña is an all-world rookie shortstop who gets to play for 700 grand for the next 3 years for the Houston Astros who just finished their fourth World Series in 6 years, their second victory. Don't talk to me about redemption. That's been the theme of everyone this weekend. The Astros have redemption. Cuz they banged on garbage cans and used buzzers and all the other stuff they may or may not have done in 2017. Now they won it fair and square. I got another one, Coca. Quickly, how many players on this year's Astros team played in 2017? Any idea? Quicker. Nope. Not true. It was five. That's it. Justin Verlander is one. Jose Altuve is two. Lance McCullers is three. Yes, he was on the 17 team. Alex Bregman is four. And Yuri Guriel is five. That's it. Five out of 25 from 2017 are still on the team six years later. Nah, but the Marlins are the only team who trades players away and gets rid of players. No. Not true. Every team does. Except when your team wins, you don't notice. No one's crying for Carlos Correa right now. The Astros... All World shortstop who they let go to Minnesota didn't sign him as a free agent Why would you sign a player for 30 million a year when you can have a player for 700 grand a year? The Astros are the large revenue team that we are jealous of the Rays are the small revenue team that we are jealous of What do they have in common? They both win? plenty of teams spend money plenty of teams don't I was always jealous of the winners always jealous that the Astros were willing to lose 100 games three years in a row to really tank they're the original tanking team and boy did they do it right they're a dynasty I don't care what you're reading anywhere else I don't care what anyone else's opinion is the Houston Astros of this six-year period are to be talked about and potentially on the podium of some of of the three best teams over a six-year stretch in history With different players. The game itself, game six, was quite interesting. Back in Houston. I like when Fox shows all the celebrities there and who's who and what's what. Little shot of Kate Upton. There's Miles Teller for the games in Philly. He became... Miles Teller from Goose's Son in Top Gun Maverick. The guy from Whiplash. The guy from... uh, So you wanna have a second date or the second date or the first date or the longest ever first date? That was a good romantic comedy where two people get stuck on a first date and there's a snow storm and they have to uh, spend the next week together or something. I bet you can imagine what happens. He's been in a bunch of great movies. And uh, so they show him on TV. Mattress Mack threw out the first pitch. I would not have allowed Mattress Mack to throw out the first pitch if I, were the major, if I were Major League Baseball. Keep in mind, MLB during the postseason decides anthems, first pitches, all of that. Rain outs, rain delays. It's all MLB. Mattress Mack is famous because he bets on baseball. He bet $10 million on the Astros to win the World Series at a blended rate of plus 750. And guess what? That means he won $75 million. It's the largest ever bet, largest payout. I was wondering how that works. Does it just get wired into his account or does he have to take duffel bags to the cage in all the Vegas casinos? I cannot tell you how heavy that would be. Every time you see a movie and there's like ransom money in a a satchel, money is way heavier I ask, this is upon information and belief. It's way heavier than they'd have you believe in the movies. He would not be able, like in Ocean's Eleven, when they're walking out with those duffel bags of money like it's nothing. No, you can't walk out with 75 million bucks in cash. A, where would you go? Like, that's a lot of mattresses you'd have to hide it under. That'd be a hell of a promotion. I've taken 60 of the $75 million, and I've sewn it into mattresses in various amounts. Some mattresses have zero, some have 10 grand, some have 100 grand. I wonder how many mattresses he'd sell other than his promotion, which is buy one and I'll pay you back if we win it. You'll get your mattress for free, but if not, then you have to pay for it, but I've still sold them. What if he took all the proceeds and did what people do when they are scared to save money or interest rates are zero, which they were as recently as a few months ago? Hey, I'll put it in my mattress. That's very depression era thinking. Scared that the banks are gonna take your money or banks are gonna fold and your money will be gone. Or when you look at your passbook, and people don't know what that is. Coca, do you know what a passbook is? A savings account that has a passbook. And when you go to the bank and make a deposit, they put a stamp in your passbook for the amount of money you deposited and what your total amount is in your account. Yeah, don't lose the passbook. That's what we were told. Or all your money, and I had like $428, all of your money will be gone. It's a good one. There wasn't much controversy in game six other than Zach Wheeler starting with arm fatigue and getting pulled in the sixth inning before he could get an out. And then a bullpen arm comes in and gives up a three-run jack to Jordan Alvarez. Zach Wheeler, after the game, was less than happy. He was not a gracious loser, bless his soul. He was confused why I was taken out, upset why I was taken out. And all I kept thinking is, first time? First game there's Zacco? Are you not paying attention to the entire series when Jose Alvarado has been pitching against Alvarez and Bregman and Tucker because he's a lefty and Alvarez and Bregman uh, and Tucker are lefties? Of course you're going to be taken out. It just didn't work. I never was happy when players would comment about managerial moves or front office moves. We're going to go down there and we're going to talk to the player when a play like that is made and a game is lost because of a move we made. We're going to explain why we did it. Anything for you not to go public. Please, don't go public. We haven't gotten the ratings for the World Series, but people were celebrating celebrating the fact that there were 11 and million people watching one of the games. I was far more interested in some of the comments that I was getting on Twitter at David P. Samson. By the way, are anyone else's followers down? People are leaving Twitter. Hey, Elon. Come on, man. Someone sent me something and I wanted to read it to you. And I don't know that I was given permission to read it to you, so I'm not going to use names of where it came from. But there's a purpose I'm doing this, and you'll know what it is. Hey, David, you reminded me of when my dad woke me up on a school night to see Sid Bream series-winning slide home off a Cabrera hit, not Miguel, in game seven of the NLCS. That was in the early 90s, is my guess. My dad died a couple months later, and yes, I was tired the next morning, but that memory is forever. Forever. Last night, I let my son stay up late with me to see an incredible catch by McCormick. That was in game five. It was an incredible catch against the wall that Chaz McCormick made on a JT Realmuto drive in the ninth inning. We both jumped up and down very loudly and quietly, if that makes sense. I'm sure his kindergarten teacher is upset with me today, but it was worth it. Thank you for reminding me of that memory I had with my father and prompting me to have a new one with my son. Love your podcast, and again, thank you for jogging that memory. I've talked to you about my love of baseball, my love of sports, my love of business, my love of politics, my love of culture, movies. But what is the one thread that so easily slides through like a knife through hot butter? What I crave is connection and memory. I've told you that I'm in the memory-making business. That's what I felt I was doing when I was in baseball. It'd be nice to win a World Series every year, but I'm in the memory-making business. And yes, World Series games are late. Yes, they are. They're every day for seven days in a 10-day stretch. True. A weekend game or a weekday game in the regular season, sometimes they run late also. With the Ghost Runners, not as late. But what price a memory? When we were going for public financing, I would go to the politicians and ask a very simple question. And I would do it in a very unassuming way. Hey, just tell me about your first experience in sports. The first game you ever went to. And I would, everybody, including the no votes on public financing, would tell me a story. I was there with my father, I was there with my mother, I was there with my aunt, I was there with my child. I would never been to a game because there was no team, but I took my child to a Marlins game, and I will never forget what his face was like when he walked through the vomitory. And I would say that's a memory. Let's give that memory to as many people as we can. I don't apologize for being in the memory making business. I don't apologize for the way I went about it or for the results on or off the field, because I'll bet you another dollar that this person who who texted me or tweeted at me, his kindergarten boy will not remember Chaz McCormick jumping up and down. He won't remember that the Astros won in six games unless he goes on the Google. But what he will remember is that time with his dad that time when he got to stay up late and jumped up and down. The reason why Major League Baseball plays late at night is money. We do a lot of things to adjust to what companies do to make money. Go through an entire day and tell me the things you do to adjust to a company who's doing what they do solely to increase their profit margin. Line management pricing of goods dynamic pricing of goods menu selection seat selection on airplanes luggage allowance public transportation tell me what changes you make in your life when the price gets too high you say you know what that's not worth it anymore can't afford that. What you're saying is that you need the money that you were gonna spend on X, you need it for Y. I argue that the memory making business can be free. You don't have to go to a game with your child, you could watch a game. And yes, it is past a child's bedtime, but it's an accommodation. The memory will always be worth the exhaustion Because the latter is the only thing that ever goes away. The former will stay forever. In 98 days, we're gonna be back talking about next season. There'll be things that we talk about during the off season where free agents are gonna sign. Before we get to any of that, we're gonna tie a bow in my wait to see's. Wait to see's when I tell you something's gonna happen. If it happens, I revisit it. If it doesn't happen, I revisit it. I want to be credible in your eyes. I want you to know that I'm wrong, plenty. On February 17th of this year, I said that Matt Harvey will not pitch in 2022. Bingo, he didn't. Then on March 14th, I made all of you very upset when I said the Mets are not gonna make the NLCS. That was the middle of spring training they must have signed a player they must have done something big that day i said the mets will not make the nlcs yes they did not sorry i told you before first pitch of the first game they weren't gonna do it that same day i told you that the mets aren't gonna go over the steve Cohn tax remember that tax from the collective bargaining agreement the special tax how cool is that a tax named after yourself I was wrong. He went over the Steve Cohn tax. You gotta be happy if you're a Mets fan, don't you? You have to be. I mean, they didn't win the division. They got eliminated too early in the playoffs in your mind. But man, you've got an owner who's spending. That should be all you care about. The next day on March 15th, something happened with the Padres and I told you that with all the things they're doing, the Padres are gonna miss the postseason. How did I do? Nope. Then on April 6th, I did my predictions. I'd like to tell you now that the predictions I made for the 2022 season were so bad that there's a chance they were my worst ever. I gave you four over-unders, didn't come close. I said the Brewers would win more than 89 and a half games. Bet it. They're gonna win that division. They won eighty-six. Eh. I thought A.J. Hinch had turned the corner with the Detroit Tigers and they would be the most improved team and that their over-under was only 78 and a half and they're going to finish 500. Bet it. And eh, they won 66. I told you the Guardians didn't have a chance in the AL Central. I love Cleveland, but the White Sox were going to win that division in the middle of April. Every team would be mathematically eliminated by Memorial Day. Well, the Guardians won the division. And they won 92 games. I told you to go under 75 and a half. How did that go? Eh, that was a no. I then told you the Baltimore Orioles are going to suck. How can they be good in a division with Tampa and New York Yankees? It just can't be. The Orioles won 83 games. The over-under was 61. And I said go under. Nope. Nope. I told you your MVP would be Vladimir Guerrero. Nope. Matt Olson of the Braves, who replaced Freddie Freeman, is going to win MVP of the National League. Nope. Max Fried is going to win the Cy Young in the National League. Nope. Shane Bieber will win the Cy Young in the American League. He's really good. Nope. He was good, though. And then my World Series pick was the Astros over the Phillies in six games. That is amazing that I predicted that. No, I'm kidding. I had the Braves beating the Blue Jays before the season started on April 7th. That's a no. But on April 10th, I told you that the two New York teams and the two LA teams won't win the division. Remember how excited you all were in April on the coasts? I talked about that on the top of the show. Didn't work. The Mets didn't win the division, and the Angels didn't even make the playoffs. So I got that one right. Middle of August, everyone was gaga over the Dodgers. Dodgers are on pace to win 175 games. They're unbelievable. I said the Dodgers will not even win the pennant. People thought I was crazy. I got that one right. On August 16th, the Texas Rangers fired their manager, and I was positive they were going to hire a minority candidate. I told you, wait to see. Guess what? Well, wait a minute. Is Bruce Bochy? Nope. Got that wrong. Bruce Bochy, congratulations. How about August 23rd when Albert Pujols hit was uh, heading towards 700 and I said his ball will go for under 2 million and people thought I was crazy. People were going crazy to get that ball. I think it was a multi-million dollar ball. Albert Pujols' 700th home run ball just sold this weekend for 360,000. The underwins on that August 23rd. Wait to see. And then of course on october 28th before the world series started i did say the astros in six so we got that one right it's hard to predict that's the best part about baseball is that in 98 days no matter what city you're from no matter what sort of crappy things happened this season no matter what sort of great things happened you're now tied for first and you're tied for last that's pretty cool it may be the only time if everybody win, if you play out a division next year game one and everyone wins or loses game one then you're still tied for first and tied for last but it won't last long so enjoy your off season the mets off season started today yesterday i should say are you happy that the mets signed their closer edwin diaz to a five-year 102 million dollar contract let me explain to you about free agency so the world series ended saturday for the next five days which starts Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You can negotiate with your own free agents, but you can't sign anyone else's free agents. Guess what? Tampering is going on. Teams are speaking to other teams' players right now. They'll tell you they're not, but they are. They're speaking to the agents, they're speaking to the players, they have teammates speaking to players who they want to acquire, speaking to their own teammates. You had Francisco Lindor calling Edwin Diaz saying, please, please be a Met. Edwin Diaz saying to Lindor, hey, I'll be a Met, but I'm going to need like over a hundo. I want to be the first ever closer to get nine figures. Steve Cohn didn't wait a day. Well, well, the series ended Saturday. He announced it Sunday. Edwin Diaz, the same guy who you were all running out of New York because he stunk so badly last season or the season before this season, He was phenomenal, and there's some guy playing a trumpet. He doesn't blow a save, he strikes out everybody, and you all think it's all guns and roses. Well, let me tell you something, sweet child of mine. The New York Metropolitans are gonna rue the day when they gave Edwin Diaz five years, because guess how many closers can be that good for six years in a row? Because I gotta count this year, because that's one. Find me a closer who for six years in a row outperformed and was elite. I'm waiting, name one, let me try. Mariano Rivera, let me try again. John Smoltz, he may have given you six years, not John Rocker, I think John Smoltz. He was a closer after he was a starter. Did Eckersley close for six years at an elite status? Maybe, the odds are not with you if you can count on one hand without requiring the other hand or any toes. Forget armpit hairs, you don't need to count anything. It's all right here on the digits. The ringless digits for the New York Mets, so far. But Steve Cohn is an owner who's got a lot of money. And there's one thing that owners do not like, and that is blown saves. Because owners don't understand, when they're not baseball people, they don't understand, hey, closers give it up. It's the nature of the game. But when you are winning a game in the ninth and then you lose the game, an owner tends to remember that. And when you have a closer who doesn't give you that feeling very often, you want to reward that person. The New York Mets can be way more successful taking $20 million and getting some offense. You can always find a closer. You can always put together a bullpen. The Philadelphia Phillies were two wins away with a bullpen that got hot at the right time. The Houston Astros have Ryan Presley as their bullpen, but they've changed setup. Guys, the Tampa Bay Rays, you can't name one of their bullpen guys. To spend $20 million, boy, things must be very healthy with the New York Mets. That's appreciation. Steve, you're only in year two. You got three years left. Just for you and Billy and Theo to spend... Or David, whoever you want, three more years until the tax pennies disappear. So you better keep spending now, lose money now, it's gonna be worth it, I promise. You've got a one in 30 chance of winning the World Series next year. A hundred and two million dollars. Aaron Judge is on vacation right now, I'm sure. May have gotten the news, may not have gotten the news. Thinking to himself, where am I gonna sign? How much am I gonna get? He's the most intriguing free agent on the board. Aaron Judge is being rumored to get anywhere from 250 to 350 to 450 to 550. Yahtzee. He betted himself. You're gonna hear that. If I had a dollar for every time someone in the media says, Aaron Judge bet on himself and he won. Okay. Make sure you tell us all the times players bet on themselves and don't win. Make sure you tell me all the times that players sign long-term deals when they're young and you think it's team advantageous, and it turns out to be way more player-friendly than you thought because that player got hurt or that player stopped performing at those levels. But owners right now, they're on a kick, man. It's an analytic kick. It's got to be. An analytic kick of, hey, sign these young guys. Sign Julio Rodriguez to ten years. Give Michael Harris the second eight years, five years, ten years. Acuna, Albies, Riley, Strider. Those are all Braves. That's what happens when you're a public company, owned by a public company. Give me cost certainty or give me death. Such a copycat league. Aaron Judge. What are the Yankees going to do with him? Brian Cashman met the media after this season ended yesterday or the day before. I don't know if you saw a video of it, man. He looked despondent. He has no contract. Now, contracts end at the, some end on October 31st. We would have our contracts with baseball people end on October 30th and then a new contract start the 31st or have it end the 31st. New contract start in November 1st because GM meetings are always the first week in November. This year, they're between the 8th and the 10th in Las Vegas, and you need to have a GM. So if we have a GM who we're going to get rid of, you want to have the new one in place. Brian Cashman has no contract with the Yankees. His contract is up has he been told by house timer don't you worry do the end of season press conference you're still with us because it's november 8th or 7th whatever day today is i can't remember today's the 7th which means he spoke to the media on the 6th or the 5th i promise you brian cashman's contract maybe it goes till december 31st it's a very silly time to have a contract go with the calendar year brian cashman had no choice but to meet the media but for what To say that, hey, we gave it all we got, we're going to keep going. We've got an owner who cares only about winning. That guy, Aaron Judge, boy, he's going to make a lot of money. Hal Steinbrenner will not let Aaron Judge go anywhere else, but he should. All the rumors, this is when you're going to start hearing all the baseball people, everyone who's got a computer and everyone who's got a keyboard and fingers. They're going to give you predictions of how much money players are going to make. Aaron Judge is going to make $350 million over eight years. I made that up. I don't know if anyone said that yet. I told you I thought he'd make 300 over 650 a year. The Yankees would be absolutely insane to go over six years. But they may want to spread out the luxury tax bill, which is why you go eight years. But he's not going to be productive for eight more years. Aaron Judge is 31. Jacob DeGrom is going to be a free agent. I can't believe it. I can't believe the Mets are going to be forced to overpay for him. Love you, Jacob. But if you're not giving me 30 starts for 40 million, then what are you doing? If you're starting 20 games, that's two thirds. That means your real effective salary is 60 million if you're getting paid 40. Is that worth it? Are you a 60 million dollar pitcher? Two million a start? You better be damn good, and I don't mean five and dive. So, New York has a lot of stories. You're going to hear a lot about the sale of franchises this offseason. The Baltimore Orioles are for sale. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are for sale. The Washington Nationals are for sale. The Phoenix Suns are for sale. The Washington Commanders are for sale. Oh my God. The commissioners are jumping all over themselves to make sure they put articles about out about minority people buying into teams. It took the NFL exactly one minute to give you the rumor that a minority will buy the Washington Commanders. And then the next day, Danny Boy said, hey, I want $7 billion. And then all of a sudden, the turtle went back in the shell. So you're going to read about all this stuff. There's never a shortage of topics here on Nothing Personal, that's for sure. I'm going to give you a wait to see about one free agent who I have a small issue with because he's represented by Boras. And somehow, Boras convinced him, hey, I promise, just take a one-year pillow deal with Minnesota and we're going to get you paid. Well, he went to Minnesota. He was fine. He was fine. Rumors are he'll get $275 million over 9 all of a sudden, or 327 over 10. And the reason they're telling Correa that, they meaning Scotty Boy, hey, you don't have a qualifying offer around your neck anymore. No one's going to lose a draft pick. Remember that if you sign a player who has a qualifying offer, you have to give a draft pick to that team. That's a way to compensate low-revenue teams from losing great players and great free agents. It doesn't work. I'll give you a wait to see right now. The rumors of Carlos Correa getting 275 million over nine or 327 over ten. Take the under. All of these players, someone's going to get left out. And if I know the owners, like I know the owners, they're going to look at Scotty and say, "Hey, you want to do another one-year deal with Carlos? Because that's what we're going to do." How about another pillow? And then Correa will look at Scotty Boris and say, "Holy crap! Everyone else is getting paid." Xander Bogart's got paid. Trey Turner's going to get paid. They haven't gotten paid yet, but they're going to get paid. Lindor got paid. Damn, Javi Baez got paid. Marcus Simeon got paid. What about me? Come on. Give me the money. Take the under. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, You win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson, and you found us. Was that a late break, Coca? I don't know how many minutes we have left in this show, but I watch a movie every day, and uh, a new movie came out on Netflix that I wanna talk about that I watched, and it's in German. It's called All Quiet on the Western Front so here's a thought that i had when there is a foreign movie that you know is going to be nominated for an academy award in the foreign language feature and you have an opportunity to watch that movie in english but it's dubbed so the words don't match the lips do you do that instead of watching the movie in the native language with subtitles i don't so i'm starting to watch the movie all quiet on the western front And all of a sudden, I'm hearing them speak English in a British accent. Which was strange to me because these were German people. So why were they speaking British English? So I then looked at my settings and realized that I had it dubbed in British English. And I immediately changed it to original language, please. With subtitles. It's a war movie that is incredibly graphic. Not like Saving Private Ryan, first scene kind of graphic. I'm talking the kind of graphic that is, um, it's, it's real, but the point of the movie is about Germans being told to go to war in World War One, being convinced that they're doing a great thing and that they're doing great, and then they're getting their ass kicked in these different battles. And the horrors of war when you sign up because of commercials, it's like starting to smoke because the Marlboro Man is handsome, right? The propaganda of the war, hey, come, you're gonna get free clothes, free food, and it's gonna feel good to touch a gun. Don't you worry, it'll be safe. And then they get their head blown off. So the reason I thought this movie was interesting is not that the subject matter is original, it's not. The story is not original, it's people reporting to war and saying, wow, this isn't sort of what I pictured. But the way it is filmed, and the fact that I knew going in, and I had a bias, because I knew that it was a potential nominee for an Academy Award in the international feature. I was more tolerant of plot holes, I was more tolerant of the ordinary nature of the story, and I was taken with the cinematography, taken with the choices made by the director, taken with, I was taken with the bravado of the producers to make a movie that was so real. And this movie's real. All Quiet on the Western Front, it's on Netflix. You may wanna check it out. How's Kyrie Irving doing today? Do you have a good weekend, do you think? What does Kyrie Irving do? Like his first weekend after being suspended. There was a uh, news came out, I don't remember what day. What day was it, Coca? Was it Friday night? When Friday when he got suspended and Friday night when he apologized? And then Saturday, maybe, when the Nets came out and said, hey, that's the beginning of our objective remedial measures. Do you remember that? Nothing personal episode from last week where we talked about objective remedial measures versus subjective remedial measures? (laughs) And so we said, hey, listen, here's the objective remedial measures. Meet with some Rebbe. That's a rabbi. Rebbees, that's plural. Meet with a bunch of Rebbe's and find out why. It's so bad to be an anti semite I never got that. I don't get the whole meeting thing. I love the fact that Myers Leonard met with rabbis. I love it. I love that you're meeting with the ADL. You're learning what people do. You're learning different points of view, different types of being, types of religions. Like that's the cure all. Oh, I wouldn't be racist if I just had a black friend. Or the real equivalent is I wouldn't be racist if I just knew one black guy. It's so preposterous. That's what we're going to do. We're going to teach you not to use a gun to kill people because we're going to show you a dead person. All right, that'll work. Not. So Kyrie Irving has to meet with people. Kyrie Irving has to apologize to players, staff, and all those he offended. Yeah, his apology on Instagram was a really good start, right? Kyrie Irving has left the building and in his wake and this is the worst part of when players misbehave like this and get suspended in his wake are players who have to fill the void left when you leave and I don't mean on the court I mean off the court Kevin Durant was forced to talk about Kyrie Irving because the media is not going to let you avoid it We couldn't go up to members of the media and say, hey, don't talk to our players about X or Y. You can't do that. You can strongly suggest, hey, listen, John Doe does not want to talk about Jane. He's not gonna answer questions about his off-field shenanigans, but I can't stop you from asking. That's the rules of engagement with media and PR and media people when they're coming in your clubhouse our job as pr people and presidents we prepare players and staff for what they're going to get and help them and give them answers but what we can't control is when other players have to clean up the mess of their teammates we used to have players police themselves in this regard which i very much appreciated when a player would have a bad game and that player would refuse to meet the media and the media had to get quotes from somebody. So some other schnook who had nothing to do with the outcome of the the game, may not even have pitched or played, is answering questions because you're hiding in the shower or the food room. Then that player goes up to you and says, dude, what the hell? Don't do that to me again. Kevin Durant met the media, was asked about the Kyrie Irving situation. And we are in a place now where whether your name is Kyle Kuzma and you send out a tweet that you then have to apologize for because people misunderstood it. You were talking about something not related to Kyrie Irving or racism. Or you're Kevin Durant, and you say to the media, I ain't here to judge nobody or talk down on nobody for how they feel, their view, or anything. And then moments later, he has to tweet, I must clarify my initial statements. I don't condone hate speech or anti-Semitism. How do you think Kevin Durant feels about all of these things that he had to say or do and the hoops he had to jump through for Kyrie? Think he's loving him? I wanna hold your hand. Think they're buddies? Mark Wahlberg and Ted? Durant's had enough. The whole team's had enough. The whole world's had enough. Sponsors are beginning to figure out that Kyrie may not be the right person to endorse their product. Guess what Nike did over the weekend. See you later, Kyrie. Bye-bye. No more Kyrie Signature Shoes. Nike ended their relationship with him. I guess they didn't think his apology was suitable. It was very heartfelt and written by some lawyers. I think we covered it on a previous show. Coca, did we cover his full Instagram apology last week? We must have, right? Nike ended the relationship. What does Kyrie do now? Because next his agent will leave him. Oh no, his agent is his stepmother. (laughs) That would be something, wouldn't it? Kyrie, come here, your dad and I have to talk to you. I'm so sorry, man, but we cannot represent you any longer. We can't get any other clients. It's like a nightmare. We can't be associated with you. By the way, will you pass the green beans? (laughs) It's Kyrie at dinner with his agent. Listen, I'm all for working with family. I worked with my stepfather. I get it. Stepfather would've gotten rid of me in a heartbeat if I weren't able to help him make money. I didn't think there'd be more Kyrie updates. There's gonna have to be when the Nets have decided that the suspension is gonna end. Will it end when the the Nets have decided (laughs) that he's done all the objective remedial measures? When the NBA agrees to let them reinstate, so many cool articles came out this weekend about the process of the suspension, much like what we talked about, how upset Adam Silver was with the inaction of the Nets. What a laugher. Adam Silver was the one who was full of inaction. He could have made the Nets act by acting. Kyrie Irving. God, I wish I didn't have to deal with him anymore. Nothing, personal pick of the day. We had a one and two weekend. First of all, I I will take the blame for having you take the Wizards plus one and a half against the Nets on Friday. The Wizards lost by 85 points. The final score was 89 to two in one of the greatest blowouts in NBA history. That's a loss. Saturday, I told you the World Series would end and it did. And then what about yesterday? I've just about had enough. I really have. Packers, three and a half over the Lions. I told you it was going to be my last try with Aaron. I'm done. I will not be betting for it with the Packers again. Aaron Rodgers, if you watched the game yesterday, I discovered a channel yesterday, Coca and you're gonna all laugh at me because you probably watch it every day, but I discovered on Hulu a channel called Red Zone. Now I knew this channel existed on DirecTV or somewhere else and that it showed what I thought was scoring plays of every game. So I'm watching the Red Zone and it's not the scoring plays, it's anytime a team's in the Red Zone or anytime they just wanna to go to a different game anywhere on the field. It's a whirling, spinning, Crazy experience. I watched it for the entire second half of the early games It's crazy getting fantasy updates gambling updates who's scoring when they're scoring. We promise you we're gonna show you every score Hey, look, it's a triple box. It's a double box. Where do I look in a triple box? I can't see any of the games. Hey, look three games are 17 all let's go trip box. Well, what do I do? Give me a single box all I know is that in the single box, double box, and triple box on red zone, Aaron Rodgers looked as though he'd rather be with Danica. That's how miserable he looks. They're done. Tonight, we've got Coca's team. You know what Coca's doing tonight. He's going to watch Lamar Jackson build a 10-point lead and see if they can hang on and win by dose. Ravens, one and a half over the Saints. So we are 127 and 107 and COCA calculates everything based on one unit being a hundred dollars. We're 20 games over 500, but because sometimes we bet on favorites in baseball who lose or sometimes we bet on favorites, bet a hundred, we can only win 82 or $91, whatever the case is. I'm down to an $8.52 profit. and We've been doing this since January. We're entering the last two months of the year And we've picked 234 games. We've given you entertainment from January 1 through November 7. And you've made $8.52 and had entertainment every day of the week. How about a thank you? Now, I'm having a bad month. There's no doubt. I'm nine games under in October. But more than that, down over a grand. But there's still profit. All right, how about this story? Did you read last week, and we didn't have a chance to get to it last week, but it's too important not to talk about in my mind. Did you read about the San Antonio Spurs player named Joshua Primo who got released? He's a young player, he's 19 years old, and uh, the Spurs made an announcement when they released him, which was a very, very interesting announcement. They said that it's in the best interest of the team and the player that we release Josh Primo from his contract. And I thought to myself at the time, something obviously acute happened. But when something happens and you release a player, it's really in the best interests of you, the team. It's not ever in the best interest of a player to get released no matter what. If a player has legal issues, if the player's been charged with a crime, whatever is happening, if the player's having personal problems, professional problems, injury problems, mental health issues, whatever is happening so that a player cannot perform or you don't want the player to perform and you get rid of that player You're doing it because you think you can either terminate that player for cause and save the money, or you're willing to pay the money just to not have that person in your clubhouse, not have that person associated with your brand or with your team. The San Antonio Spurs are one of the best well-run organizations in the National Basketball Association. They have had consistency with their coach, Greg Popovich, since when, Coca? 1996 or something. He's been their coach this entire century. He knows everything that's going on. He knows what's right for the organization, what's wrong for the organization. And when there's a release like this, clearly something happened. So we waited a day before giving you the story, and then, boy, did we find out what happened when we saw Tony Busby resurface. Tony Busby is the man who represented all of the women who got abused and attacked by Deshaun Watson when they were hoping just to give him a massage and he was hoping for a whole lot more. Tony Busby was hired by the team psychologist for the San Antonio Spurs. Her name is Hillary Cawthon and I'm naming her because she had a press conference where she told us her name. If you want to be anonymous, be anonymous. If you're going to have a press conference with Tony Busby by your side, I'm going to say your name. But here's what happened. She's alleging that Josh Primo exposed himself to her while she was the team psychologist for the Spurs and that she told the Spurs about it and the Spurs did nothing and then he continued to expose himself during sessions and that it happened nine times. I've been dealing with sports psychologists for decades. I've been dealing with my own psychologists for what feels like centuries. A couple facts here that are important for you to get out, if you don't mind. Fact number one, a patient-doctor relationship is a mutual relationship. If a doctor does not want to see a patient, the patient does not have the right to be seen by the doctor. If the patient doesn't want to see the doctor, the patient has the right to not be seen by the doctor. There has to be a mutual release, if you will, where both the doctor and the patient say, I want therapy, I'm willing to give you therapy, I want therapy from you, let's start. But at any time after that initial release, that initial coming together of intentionality, The doctor and the patient retain the right to leave and stop treatment. If a therapist is uncomfortable with a patient, they can do one of two things. They can say to the patient, hey, listen, I'm uncomfortable when you say that, when you do that. In this case, it would be when you do that. Do not do that again, or I will not be able to treat you does it again you say listen i'm not sure we need to deal with why you're doing that but i'm not the right therapist for you i told you that i wasn't going to treat you you've now done it twice you're fired as a patient that is well within the right of the therapist was it accidental maybe did it happen at all maybe we don't know But if a psychologist is uncomfortable, a psychologist has the right to not treat the patient, if not the obligation and the duty. But then she said, I told the San Antonio Spurs and they didn't do a thing about it. That gives culpability to the Spurs if that's true. No doubt about it. When you are a whistleblower, you cannot be retaliated against. And she did not get rehired. So maybe there's retaliation too but the san antonio spurs cannot say to her we don't care what you said go meet with that player no greg popovich led team is going to do that i am not in any way coming out and telling you that if Josh Primo exposed himself nine times to this woman, whether it was purposeful or accidental, that he has no culpability. No. I have been in clubhouses before, and there's stuff that's hanging out all over the place. It's just how it goes. That's not a therapeutic setting, though. It is okay for the doctor to say please dress appropriately do not wear a towel with nothing underneath do not wear gym shorts that are so large that stuff's hanging out all over the place do not come naked whatever the case may be i can only assure you that in no scenario was there a doctor patient treatment session done inside the clubhouse it does not work that way you can have a psychologist in the clubhouse talking to players informally but Formal sessions do not take place in the clubhouse or in the locker room where a player could have been naked during the course of it or been exposing himself. If Josh Primo was doing that, he was doing that purposefully, or there are plenty of men who will say, hey, how many times do you sit down and your nuts are hanging out? I get it. But then a therapist or anybody you're with says, hey, your nuts are hanging out, put them away. And you say, okay, I'll put them away. And if you don't put them away or they keep coming out, you say, dude, can you just change your shorts? And most people say, yeah, I'll change my shorts, no problem. And if you don't change your shorts, you've got a whole nother issue that needs to be dealt with in therapy, not childhood trauma-related, and it can't be dealt with by the therapist to whom that you continue to make that mistake with. And the Spurs know this. It's impossible to me that they don't. Greg Popovich, like Kevin Durant before him, was forced to talk about it. He said, I would only add that anybody that has observed the Spurs, he meant who, has observed the Spurs over a very long period of time, knows that an accusation like this would be taken very seriously without any doubt whatsoever. No equivocation. The Spurs organization would be on top of it. Greg Popovich is not speaking to the media about a legal case unless he knows of what he speaks and unless it's been coordinated with lawyers. Popovich went on to say, the assertion that the Spurs turned a blind eye to Cawthon's accusations has troubled the team's fans. The only thing I would say to the fans is to consider the statement I just made about how we've handled things over many years. As far as the details, I think they know intellectually, like we all do, that it's in the hands of the lawyers. We can't say anything. That pretty much cuts everything off. I would imagine over time, details are going to come out. They always do. Everyone just has to wait for that. We're gonna wait because there are gonna be more details regarding this case. It's a very serious accusation for a front office and an organization that has been nothing but exemplary. You don't read about the Spurs doing calendars. You don't read about them being like the Mavericks front office or the commanders front office. This is the San Antonio Spurs. We all can be better. Well, i am off we're gonna have a uh this show felt a little longer coca i wrote down an end time and i think i'm past it we are off the rest of the week we have a mailbag episode for you i'm gonna go check out what this whole f1 thing is about you'll be hearing from me i promise you that but i'm i don't know that i'll get an interview with max for stopping because i don't have a media pass i'm going as a fan to see what the whole drive to survive craze is i love f1 i can't wait to see the race but for the rest of the week one mailbag and then don't you forget about me simple minds because i won't forget about you and i'll be back monday november 14th for a brand new episode of nothing personal have a safe good week, and until then it's just business
0: this is nothing personal mypatriotsupply.com